The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Welcome to the Provoke Media Podcast. I'm Megan Keoghan, Head of uh, Content Partnerships here at Provoke and host of today's um, episode with We Communications. As we enter a new year and are no longer focused solely on what initiatives brands are committing to internally, the focus has shifted now to how they engage with consumers and the values that they are perceived to have. With this shift, it's become increasingly apparent that consumers are turning to brands that contribute to the societal good. What does this mean for biotech and pharma? Here today to speak with us is Ben Fisher, head of Health UK for We Communications. Ben, so nice to have you. Megan, thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Our pleasure, indeed. Can you tell us a little bit, just uh, intro background primer here, um, what your role is at WE and a little bit about the Brands in Motions initiative? Yeah, absolutely. So I work um, in the UK office, um, but I'm part of the global healthcare team uh, here at WE Communications. So WE does a lot of work with uh, corporate purpose-led communications. Uh, we work within tech, we work within health. Um, and a lot of what we do is kind of on that intersection. Um, and I, uh, I head up the team in, uh, in the London office uh, for uh, communications, healthcare communications, uh, PR and media, and also the educational side. So medical education and scientific uh, engagement. So a lot of what we do um, is uh, focusing uh, on the healthcare professional um, and how they perceive the brands of uh, both the products that they use um, and the companies that, that create them. So it's really fascinating for us to, to look at the, uh, the perception of this kind of critical audience. Um, and that's where this iteration of Brands in Motion uh, uh, comes in. So Brands in Motion is the annual survey that we run uh, here, here at WE Communications. Um, it's in its seventh year. Um, so 100,000 plus uh, people, uh, business decision makers, uh, consumers have been asked questions, been interacted uh, with, and it's all looking at this perception of, of brands. So, you know, how do companies thrive in, uh, in a world where everything is in motion? You know, the expectations, uh, the perceptions of brands are shifting um, and they're changing. Um, and uh, last year, we, uh, we did our uh, 2002 uh, Brands in Motion survey. Um, and, you know, it's really interesting looking at some of the uh, some of the things that have stayed the same, some of the things that have uh, that have moved on. Um, so, for example, the cost of living crisis, you know, led to the top of you know something that uh, you know brands were look, uh, looking to and expected to address, especially with their uh, internal uh, em employees and their internal staff. Um, there was a, a hefty dose of kind of skepticism out there with regards to purpose-led communications and how you demonstrate that you're living your value. Um, and there was a, a growing, um, I think, expectation that brands were looked to uh, with regards to provide stability um, and that those that were doing it well, you know, it affected the bottom line. Corporate uh, communications ma makes a difference. And so that's what we wanted to do. This was, this was really interesting. And we looked at some of the differences between the different sectors and we were really keen to do a deep dive within uh, specifically the audience of healthcare professionals. So this new data is um, uh, you, you know, out, out, uh, out, out today. Um, and we have looked specifically across um, key markets 
Um, and um, we, are, uh, we are asking the question, to what degree does corporate communications matter to healthcare professionals? And it's exciting because this is, um, I think you may have mentioned it, the first time that we has actually focused or brought the shift onto this particular category um, when you in releasing a brands in motion study. That's right, and it's, uh, it's it's exciting for us because we've we've been able to kind of move uh, move specifically and more um, uh, deeply into a healthcare specific sector. So you know, big societal changes, um, trends, they make a difference wherever you're working. But sometimes you need to be aware of that and then really look at uh, your your key audiences. Um, and we did see, we we saw a tendency for you know kind of hints that expectations were a bit higher among HCPs um, that they were perhaps more demanding in um, in in their expectations of brands um, and I think traditionally uh, healthcare professionals because they are you, you know they're they're scientists they're clinicians they are data driven uh, professionals. So how much can corporate reputation re really matter? You know, I think we have a sense that it's that it that it does that it that it could and it should, but we really wanted to ask that question. Um, and you know, top line is that is that it does matter and it matters a lot. You know, it's both a, it's both a driver and a barrier for you know the equivalent of of what would be a purchasing decision. It's a prescribing decision. So, you know, beyond the functional characteristics of, of medicines, which are always going to come first, you know, innovation and being able to talk about your data, being able to demonstrate that innovations in treatments work, that they're safe, of course, they're always going to come first. But once you, once you look beyond that, the reputation of, of a company is really important and it's really important for healthcare professionals. Um, when we talk about reputation or or how it's how that brand perception applies specifically to pharma biotech, mm -hmm. um, I can understand as a consumer uh, why trust and reputation matter so much. Like discussing healthcare products deliverables, any one of us who's ever been a patient is hoping that our our healthcare provider is choosing the brand that they tr trust most. But what mm -hmm. are some of the ways? that that trust is exemplified or what are some of the ways that you've seen through the brands in motion study um, that demonstrated? Is it through giving back to communities? Is it through relationships of meeting providers in their offices? Is it um, through like the pro bono work that they're doing with their, their Medicaid? Is that anything that this study has covered? It, it is. We've looked. We've looked kind of broadly across. Um, uh, I suppose three key key themes. Um, so, you know, some some of the things that um, some of the initial data looked at what was a driver, like a driver for prescribing uh, decisions, and, and you know, for being open to partnership. You know, because I think I think that decision is is the first part of a partnership. So, um, we know that corporate reputation is. Uh, it matters and it matters a lot. But we also know that two thirds of the HCPs asked said that reputation was a barrier. So if they thought badly of a company, it would affect 
um, you know, how much they wanted to engage with that company and how much they would, uh, you know, likely to make a prescribing decision. So it's not kind of, it's not just a nice to have, it's not that you do the core work, you know, well, mm -hmm. and then you kind of put a polish on, you know, with corporate reputation. We know that it is an active driver and, and that it can act as a barrier. Um, and so it affects the bottom line, you know, that's, that's the key point. You definitely need to talk well about your products. You definitely need to educate effectively. You definitely need to be, uh, you know, be open. Um, but um, you do need to have a, uh, a corporate reputation that is seen favorably to, to maximize, you know, A, what you're trying to do in a business, uh, you know, point of view, but also what you're trying to do in terms of your mission and your value, like ph pharmaceutical companies and biotech, what they are, what they're trying to do ultimately is deliver, you know, innovation in medicines and treatment that makes a difference to a patient's life, makes a difference to, um, to uh, health outcomes and a, and, a, and, a, and a lived experience for people. And you can only do that when, you know, there's an, there's an open two-way dialogue and you're thought of well and you're seen well. Um, one of the key um, statistics uh, for me was that just over uh, 70, 70%, 73% of HCPs um, asked believe that pharma should be adding value to society beyond, you know, uh, innovation in medicine. So there, there is a, there is a, there is an expectation there to do, to do more from a, from a societal, from a community yeah. point of view. Um, and, you know, asking the question a different way, there's a, there was, you know, a nine in 10 expected that the support that pharma and biotech provided should go beyond just delivery of the treatment. So there's, there's an expectation from like an individual point of view. So, so I think that there, there and we, what we did see is we saw that those expectations for, you know, doing more and doing more good beyond your core offer, what, whichever sector you're in, they were, they were even higher within HCPs. You know, they, they really do demand this. It's not, it's not something that uh, is just, you can leave as a second hand. You, you know, it's something that's really important. Um, and I think, that's a, I think that's a real challenge. You know, it is medicine at its heart, but it's more than medicine. We have to do more. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for anyone who is sort of learning about Brands in Motion today for the first time or, um, specifically this practice that we can you just briefly share with me how did you go about finding those who were interviewed for this what was the like methodology about gathering all of all of this um feedback and and sourcing the healthcare providers yeah absolutely so um it's part and parcel of an ongoing commitment to looking at at, at brands um, and this this specific health pulse, the the aim is that we are able to you know keep really flexible and explore in a in a in a in a specific way um, uh, areas that are going to be in uh, that are going to be relevant to to health. Um, so this is about finding healthcare professionals um, and allied healthcare professionals, um, and. Uh, it was over a thousand. It was um, Australia, China, Germany, India, the UK, and the US. Um, so what we did is we uh, is uh, we partnered uh, a research company, Sapio Research, um, and we invited them to a, to an online uh, uh, survey and interview. And what we're doing is we're asking them a number of uh, specific questions that all revolve around um, 
you know, the, the impact, the expectations of biotech and, and pharmaceutical. So it's really, really, it's, it's, uh, it's really rich. It's really um, kind of robust uh, evidence. And it's uh, allowing us to kind of take uh, quantitative and qualitative um, uh, research and insights specifically around our key target audience. And, and having had the privilege of getting to review this and see, the, see this information uh, firsthand, there is so much to digest, um, but I would have to say it's, it's done in a really um, consumable way. Lots of data points, lots of key takeaways. Um, and, and just to let our, our audience today know that this is available um, on WE's website and also through uh, provokemedia.com, they'll be able to download this um, this report and, and leverage it in their own practice and um, um, applications. Absolutely. And um, you, you know, one of the things that we do know, one of the things that's absolutely certain is that you know, things are changing all the time. You know, politically, things are very, um, they're always in flux. It's always dynamic. Um, we're still grappling with what the impact is from uh, COVID and the pandemic and, and subsequent lockdowns. It's highly relevant, obviously, across all, all sectors, but also within, um, you know, within healthcare specific, specifically. And we saw a big jump in kind of expectations and a halo effect um, after, uh, after the pandemic for, for pharmaceutical. Um, you know, na names and companies that, you know, no one really had heard of unless you worked in the industry were now kind of you know, most recognized, you know, brands on the planet for, uh, for a short period of time. And, you know, it, it's, you know, how do we, how does that change things? You, you know, and I don't, that's an open question. Um, but what we want to do is maintain that kind of halo effect, but also rise to the expectations and meet the opportunities that are now available for the wider healthcare uh, sector. So this re this report and making this available is you know is us being one voice in an ongoing debate about uh, and discussion about you know how can we you know, essentially do what we're trying to do, which is communicate effectively, um, uh, offer the best service to our our partners, our clients, so that we're doing justice to the health innovations that they're bringing. Um, and it's all it's all about improvement of health outcomes you know that's that uh, fundamentally that's what we're trying to do and that that's part of the debate that we want to uh, you know uh, to 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 take our part in it's a lot of data and it's really fascinating data uh i'm so curious for you personally ben what were some of the most surprising takeaways or were there any kind of um tidbits that just either caught you off guard or or were um different than what the hypo hypothesis might have been? Yeah, I, th I think, I think taking a step back, I think you're having worked in pharmaceutical communications for over 20 years, I think that we've seen such a pace of change that when, I, when you see it in, in kind of black and white, it always used to be data, data led, you know, it's, it was, it was always about the numbers because, because essentially what we're, our proof lies in in data in efficacy of data you know that's that's got to be the the root cause of it and so there's certainly been um you know over the years a big shift into you know a much broader um expectation with you know value and mission and and doing things beyond your 
uh, I suppose, your lane, you know. And I think that's a really interesting tension and a really interesting uh, question for uh, for companies and brands to, to look at because you can't you can't do you can't do everything but it's quite clear that there is an expectation to do more than your core, your core offer so i find that i find that a real i find that a real challenge and i think it's really fascinating that um it will continue to be attention you know there's never going to be one right answer because these things move on and they and they change um and then i found one one particular um element that leapt out from the data is that you know the work that still needs to be done so with regards to um, patient centricity, uh, you know, the idea that the industry has moved away from being disease centric. So just kind of looking at the science and looking at this to, you know, more person centric um, is, you know, it's something that has been talked about for, for years and, and all, you know, pharmaceutical companies and brands have a, a different way of articulating it. But it was quite clear that, um, the majority of healthcare professionals um, surveyed in in this brands in motion data, you know, didn't really didn't really buy that it was being done at, uh, absolutely well. So there's there's a challenge. There's a there's an opportunity. Um, you know, fifty five percent said that um, patient centricity, you know, wasn't being done. You know, uh, it was it, it wasn't being done that well. It wasn't being done optimally. Um, and that's a kind of big, big challenge because this is something that we have been uh, grappling with and, and, and looking at for, for a lot for a long period of time. So it's quite clear that there's there's work to be done. You know, you know slightly less than half is not uh, is not something that you know the industry can rest on its laurels about. So there's great partnerships happening, um, but you know how do we really demonstrate uh, patient centricity? How do we demonstrate that the experience of individuals um, who will be taking taking medicines and on uh, on medical treatment um, how how do we demonstrate as an industry that that their experience is central to what to what we're doing um, and it's it's quite clear that we we can uh, we can we need to do more and we're expected to do more would you say it, it seems to me that that correlates a bit with something that you um, said two thoughts ago uh, regarding how the pandemic or like post pandemic has really shifted the um, spotlight uh, mm-hmm. on a pharma and bio um, biomedical companies. Consumers are paying a lot more attention. They've never paid attention or used brand names in a yeah. household way. And would you say that that shift sort of correlates with that um, demand or call to a higher accountability to be more patient centric? I think probably it shines a a greater light on it. Um, I, I think that the expectation from healthcare professionals that we should, as an inter- uh, industry, be and demonstrate patient centricity. I think that was there before um, uh, before COVID. But what it does what it does do is it allows uh, you know a bigger greater awareness is a larger platform to speak to speak from so there is there is more possibility to do more and and also greater expectation across uh, across society um and you know i i, I think that the, the takeaway from this you know with 45 percent of hcps believing that pharmaceutical and biotech companies are, are you know 
to a great or larger extent is less than half, halfway. So what we want to do is we want to do we want to do more. Um, you know, we're not delivering on the patient centric promise, and we know that it is one of the most important um, uh, expectations. It's core to the industry. You know, it's it it was it was up there in terms of the number one characteristic that HCPs wanted the industry to embody. So it was sixty four percent put it right at the top, followed. You know, by quite a drop down in terms of in the in the early 40s of being uh, innovative and and progressive and I, I think that I think that's been a really big shift over you know over over the years you know, it, it, you you might suggest that you know it's all about data and it's all about innovation which obviously you have to do those things but there's a much much greater um, expectation now that that we should be that we should be leaving with it. So it's the biggest expectation um, in terms of the audience, and it's the one where there's most skepticism that we're that we're not uh, we're not delivering on, um, and that's through really complicated. Uh, you know, it's a complex environment. It might be uh, it, it might be through comms. It might be through the way in which uh, it might be through activities. Um, but it's it, you know it's good to know that this is a this is a real challenge, and this is this is an opportunity for us. You've been able to spend a lot of time in this data uh, uh, while aggregating it and synthesizing it. And um, I know that your work with your clients has also not stopped in that period. And um, I'm very interested in hearing from you about some of the early applications of the learnings that you've taken away from this and how you've been able to um, apply that to any of your clients or your work at WE. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's part of an ongoing uh, it's part of an an ongoing uh, I suppose challenge to to improve. Um, there's things that are done really well. I mean, there's an, anecdotally, I've been over over the years, I've been part of um, you know perhaps medical advisory boards that are highly highly technical and only talk about only talk about the data. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've been part of them where you invite patients, um, uh, patient groups uh, in and, you know, really frame every question around, you know, the, the individual. Um, and I think that type of activity is really is really important um, and, um, and and demonstrates your your aim to be as uh, patient centric as possible. Um, and then some some work that we've done. Uh, recently, as part of uh, this uh, part of this team with uh, Boeing Ingelheim, uh, is I think a really great example of um, corporate reputation building that is embodied in behaviour and and what you're trying to do that fits perfectly alongside your kind of brand of the product, but is but is but is beyond that. So it's in the air of um, it's in the area of uh, air pollution, um, and Boeing Ingelheim, who are a, a client at, um, at, at We Health here, um, we coordinated and launched the uh, integrated care uh, clean air framework. So the idea is this directly addresses the threat of air pollution at health access points, so uh, hospitals um, and um, and GP surgeries. Um, and it's a way of trying to highlight a big issue that obviously um, BI, uh, Boeing and Ingelheim are uh, 
you know, are innovative in because of their, uh, their scientific uh, innovation, uh, their research and development, you know, they have effective medicines within respiratory that make a really big difference to patients. But what more can, a, can and should a company be doing on a, on a corporate level? So this is, a, this is a, a, an, an excellent example of a partnership um, you know, between um, the integrated care system, between a hospital uh, in, in Newcastle, between pharma, uh, between uh, comms expertise, um, and the aim is to raise awareness of the importance of air pollution and the and the uh, the effects that it can have uh, on patients with respiratory outcomes, um, and you know to provide something um, that is going to make a difference. So it, it positions us as kind of uh, leaders. It's it's socially important because we know that um, you know worse. Uh, air pollution disproportionately affects uh, people on lower uh, socioeconomic status. So it's not just a health issue, it's also uh, a societal issue. Um, and, um, but it's rooted in, you know, improving health outcomes within respiratory uh, in a way that's much bigger than a single product. Um, and I think it's, uh, it, it, it makes a difference. It's a demonstration of real partnership. Um, and, um, you know, I think that's the type of work that goes beyond, uh, you know, the single brand um, and, and launches into, you know, something that's more powerful uh, that shows that, that industry can be a real partner. I think it, it does a, that particular case study, I'm so glad you brought it up, um, brings light to the example of how the, um, you know, that delivering on the accountability to a social good, it, it really requires strategic thinking about the multiple ways that it's connected across societal. So we're talking about the air, we're talking about um, uh, marginalized groups, we're talking about um, access to care, and it's really linking all of those and sort of connecting that story or the mm -hmm. red thread throughout all of these components that make um, a brand more valuable to the common good or, or more involved in all of society. Yeah. And, and we saw that from one of the, one of the quotes was a, a clear expectation of, uh, of pharma and biotech to, uh, to increase access for marginalized groups. Uh, and I, and that's that's a that's a completely different thing for innovation. It's 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 delivering innovation, and then it's making sure that it gets to the right places. Uh, and it, it's absolutely key that that is. It's absolutely clear that that's a key expectation. What um, of this information and in, in the you know what you've been able to do with BI and what you are doing with your your ongoing clients of of the data that you've been able to work with, what are you most excited about um, moving forward from what you've learned? Um, I think the, I think it's really given the permission to, you know, counsel clients and to work with, work with clients to do as much as we can to do, um, to get that balance right between, you know, product and corporate communications. Because we often, you know the bulk of the uh the focus you know maybe the investments the the worry is about specific uh, products to begin with because you know without you know a a, a deep uh, pipeline you know pharma you, you know can't can't continue to do do what it wants to do um 
and and what that does is it can often put that you you know uh, for uh, you know too much to the forefront. Um, so as, as a as, as an agency, you might join at the launch or just before the launch of a new specific uh, product, and that can mean that you know everything focuses that. But it does need to be um, it does need to be a balance. Um, and HTPs do want to receive product information, but they also want to kind of have transparency um, more into the workings of, of that larger, you know, parents uh, uh, company, that, that, that corporation. And we asked some, we asked some questions about, you know, uh, you know, relative importance about, uh, you know, what do you want information for? We asked the question, tell me about, tell, do, would, you, would you like, you know, tell me about your product? Is that, is that what HTPs are saying to us? Tell me about your product. You know, that's product information, that's clinical data, that's side effects. Help me do my day job. So that's, you know, that's just a step back. So there is a product, but how can we help educate patients? You know, how can we have uh, support in place and resources that will support that? You know, what are the core medical education to make sure that these things are understood? And then, and then we said, tell, you know, what about telling me about your business and how you're making a positive impact? Um, and that final question was was 43% compared to help me do my, my day job of, of 33% and tell me about your product, which is 23%. So even though that even though that you, you, you know it's you, you know it's important, um, it, it, it's still very easy for you know the industry as a whole to be tunnel visioned and focus on a specific product. And I think that says that we need to do all that we can to broaden our uh, our demonstration of how we live our values, how we um, how we do more than just medicine. Um, we need to do that at, at every every point, you know, every point that that we can. Um, and I think that's really exciting, you know, because I think that is that is a challenge, um, and it stops you from kind of going back into you, you know just kind of more typical and more and more standard ways of communicating. Yeah, the safe or the the default way of approaching to what we think is the most important message. This really yeah. validates uh, moving forward in other other parts of the conversation. Um, did the report that you've put together and, and apologies if I've missed it, but have we talked much about the like how to measure that sentiment or the effectiveness of these shifts in marketing and messaging along the way? You know, moving away from tell me about your product to show me how, you know, talk to me about my patient. In a year from now, how will we look at that conversation to measure its effectiveness? Yeah, well, I think being, you know, even, you know, massively uh, optimistic, you know, these things are, are, are way more than, you know, a, a, a year's work. You know, it's, it's always a challenge to, to measure uh, perception. Um, and obviously you can do it through, you, you know, very specific uh, based um, uh, sort of quantitative uh, market research, which, mm -hmm. which is one thing. Um, and you can do it through uh, anecdotally and, uh, you know, a sense of, you know, how partnerships are growing. Um, how much do we feel that, you know, we're, we're delivering you know, more than medicine, that we're getting it, we're getting it right, that we are. Um, uh, you know, that we're putting the patient experience at the heart, heart of everything. Um, but I think what this does is, you know, depending on what program you're doing, depending on whether it's highly technical or educational, or whether it's raising awareness for patients, how you measure this will be different. 
But I think how I will use this report is making sure that you know these things are embedded right up front um, in terms of how we will demonstrate you know success. So it wouldn't you know we should never ask the question in terms of like you know understanding of new modes of action of uh, of new innovations without without asking questions about patient centricity, without asking broader questions about you know how the company is is viewed. Um, uh, you, know, you know, its favorability as the, as the holding company. There's a really interesting tension between that. Are you a house of brands or are you a branded house? And I think that, uh, I, th I think it's particularly uh, interesting tension within pharmaceutical products because um, products often only, you know, are only utilized in one therapy area. And that might be the only uh, touch points that a that a healthcare professional has, but there's still a halo effect from the broader company. We know we know that, so it's important never to do the one without the other. Absolutely, and you know, as we start to kind of think about, okay, we've looked at this data, we've we've have it at our fingertips. What ways would you recommend companies use these insights that we're we're looking at? How do we how do we put them into action? Yeah, and that isn't that the the key challenge for <laughs> for every for everything like this. Uh, I, I think we there's there's a there's a myriad of ways, but what we we try to simplify it into kind of some key some key takeouts. One was deliver more than medicine. So we know that corporate reputation matters, um, and we know that we need to and have permission to do more. And so we should always look. We should look for that next step. The other was this uh, idea of knowing your your company's kind of place in the world. So you need to go beyond uh, you know uh, R and D um, uh, and marketing treatments, and you need to make sure that any value add is communicating your purpose, and it builds on what your um, uh, what your core offer offer is. Uh, the, the other one is about looking in the mirror. I mean, so specifically talking around uh, patient centricity, um, I, I think sometimes, you know, I, th I, I think that it's a challenge. It's a challenge to think that, you know, half of, of all, more than half of the audience kind of, you know, perhaps don't think you're walking the walk. You know, they, uh, HCPs want to know um, that you're doing the right thing. They want to know that patient centricity is the very, very heart of what you're doing and that you're actively listening and that you're actively communicating with patients. Um, and I think that's the type of thing that can get get lost. And I, and I think even if you're doing, I, I'm sure there's many examples where it's done well, but perhaps we're not showing it. You know, we're not showing it uh, as uh, as effectively as my, as we might be. So making sure that that's key to communications is uh, is really is really key. And then I think it's about you know getting the basics right. You know, we know that it's broad. You know, we know there's an expectation to uh, go go broad in the um, uh, in the aspiration to do more and to have a positive effect on society and uh, on the environment. But, and it, and it is an expectation, but of course what comes first is the core healthcare challenge that you're trying to address um, and the innovation. And, and when, you can, when you can link the two and they don't sort of float around separately, that's when, that's when it's really, really, um, really powerful. Um, 
I would advise people to kind of this idea of transparency. You need to make it real. You know, that was the, um, you know, the, the takeout from the broader brands in motion survey last year. Um, it's absolutely fine to kind of talk about work in progress, um, to show kind of, uh, you know, a bit of, uh, of mess. We tried to do something. We're going to do this. You know, HTPs want to know, you know, what you're doing the business for, what the, what the purpose is. Um, we don't need to be overly polished. What we need to be is completely uh, authentic. Um, and, uh, and, and aim to do better and, uh, and, and to kind of live that purpose. Um, and that's partly about kind of leaning into this, this idea of, uh, of, of proof over promise. So, you know, words, yes, they're important. Aspirations, they are important, uh, but they're, they're nothing compared to, you know, to, to proof, to doing things and showing it. And we know that um, because healthcare professionals are... Uh, are so data literate um, and that they they demand proof that also translates into corporate communications so kind of having lofty um, and and worthwhile ambitions you know will only resonate if you can show what you're doing you know if you can demonstrate that what you're doing is making a difference and then I think finally this idea of you know ensuring that you find a voice that's distinct to you. You know, we are in a sector where it's, it's easy to, to say you're patient-centric. Um, you know, we, the industry has talked about innovation for a long time. Um, but the challenge is to, to stand out. The challenge is to, to do things and behave in a way that's distinctive um, and to tell a distinctive story and to find a voice that's kind of tru truly yours. And I think from a, a, a comms point of view, that is, you, you know, the best, the best that you can do to highlight, uh, to highlight the, uh, the, the purpose and the vision in action. So many things to think about and be excited about as we move forward with this kind of information. Um, and from your two cents, a, a parting thought, I'm very interested to hear what does 2023, 2024 and beyond look like if we properly apply these learnings as a consumer, how does the biotech and pharma landscape look different in our experience? Your thoughts on that? So I think we know that things won't be settled but you know whatever we do this is going to remain in flux and we want to be part and parcel of that of that conversation but the more you know the more relevant um that pharma brands can be to the the you know day-to-day -day, uh, patients and broader uh, you know carers society um that that they can be that that they are the brands that they you know that they talk to or they look to for information for support um, you know, when we do that more and when we do that effectively, you know, that's when we know that we have a healthy uh, 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 reputation. You know, that's what that's what we're looking for. Um, it's it's knowing that it's not just about communicating uh, efficacy and data. It's more than that. And it's it's more than medicine. Uh, it's about, you know, supporting people, uh, supporting society, supporting the professionals uh, of uh, the healthcare professionals um, to deliver the best care um, and to produce uh, uh, access uh, to enable access for as you know as many people that will benefit from you know the, the incredible rate of innovation that's happening 
uh, within, within the industry. More than medicine, supporting people, supporting society, and supporting access to care. All really wonderful things for us to aspire to. Thank you so much, Ben Fisher, for summarizing this, for putting together this, this information. Uh, parting thoughts from you, anything else that we've, we've overlooked? Um, just a, a, a big thank you um, to, uh, to have the opportunity to talk about it. Um, uh, you know, this, this research will be available and it's going to be a living, breathing conversation. You know, we'd love to hear more. There's other areas we could look at. It was a, you know, it's a challenge kind of only being able to ask certain amounts of, of questions. And, you know, immediately if we were looking again, you know, next month, you know, there'll be different and interesting uh, questions to answer that will hopefully, uh, you know, uh, provide new challenges and uh, and a, a different nuance for the way in which we uh, we communicate. Um, so we're not doing it again in a month, but we definitely are excited <laughs> about doing it again, you, you know, next year. And, and, and Brands in Motion will continue to uh, evolve and continue to try and reflect the changing uh, expectations that audiences have, um, you know, for... Uh, for communications and, uh, and marketing. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for bringing this uh, tool and resource to all of us. Um, again, listeners can find that through the link on our website, uh, provokemedia.com, and also on We Communications website. Uh, I do encourage people to look it up. Lots of really interesting takeaways on there um, and certainly things that we can apply to all of our um, practices. So thank you very much, Ben. Great to have you. Thank you so much for your time. And this has been the Provoke Media Podcast. You've been listening to the Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.